Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 163 of the Magic Beans podcast. My name is Cracker, and I will be your host for this episode, and I'm joined by a single bean, and this week, it's not Shorty, we have Chewy back. How you doing? Good, mate. Strict upgrades to Shorty. Uh, it's, uh, I think that's fair to say, but uh, he's feeling a little under the weather today, so uh, I am... Uh I'm back. I've, it feels like it's been a hot minute since it's I've been, been ages. Yeah, there's a whole like heart hospital like that needed to happen, and Australia's first digital only hospital, and all the rest of it. And given that digital health is kind of my thing, uh, I had a bit to do. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm back. I'm back. I'm back, and I'm. I, I even fired up Arena a little, and I've been looking at spoilers. And do you know what else I've been doing? What's that? Oh, I've been buying stuff from Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Oh, yeah, me. yeah. So, so I've noticed. So I've noticed that you, you've had some like mm. pretty hot segues. Oh. That was my attempt. It wasn't quite up there, but it's all right. Uh, Practice yeah. makes perfect. You can yeah, try again yeah, yeah. next time. Bit of rust. Bit of rust. But yeah, uh, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar are the official sponsor of the Magic Beans podcast and our tournament series. And they are a Facebook auction page where you can bid on physical magic cards seven nights a week. They have uh, win it now posts as well as lots that they put up. And uh, Pat's put up a, a post uh, regarding the lots uh, just this week. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au. That'll link you straight to the Facebook page. You can get that information. Pat runs giveaways. Uh, there's posts every night. There's primo auctions on the weekend. So get bidding, and when you do win an auction, please tell them that the bean sent you. Nicely done. Okay, so it's kind of all new stuff this week. We've got um, the release of March of the Machine upon us. The pre-release, I think, is actually this weekend, next weekend. I don't even know when the set comes out. I should probably know that, but um, there's the early access event coming up this week. And then, yeah, within the next week or so, we've got the full thing coming out. So, we thought we'd spend a bit of time. We've got the mechanics announcement from all the, the uh, mechanics article from Wizards. So, we thought we'd run through that like we normally do. And then have a quick chat. You've got a few cards you want to talk about. We thought we'd dip our toes into kind of some of the limited space. And then sort of see what falls out of it. Awesome. Yeah, I... My brain works a little differently, I think, to probably most people's. I think I just end that sentence there. Yeah, it sounds but, right. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, but when it comes to a new set, I'm excited about the limited format before I'm thinking about constructed and, and things and, you know, what cards will break the format, what new archetypes will be spawned. I've kind of got half an eye on that, but I'm like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, jump into the pre-release, build some sealed decks, do some drafts. And, um, and you know, that, that is the... Uh, the new card play experience that, that I most look forward to mm-hmm. uh, whenever a new set comes around. So that's the lens that I look through uh, and have been looking through with uh, March of the Machines. So uh, with a uh, with a set whose initials are MOM, mm-hmm. no reprint of Mother of Runes, Flavor Miss Wizards, come on, at least make it like a, you know, F&M promo again or something just to... Yeah, missed opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, they they could have done missed that. opportunity, mate. M O M. There you go, done. Missed Boom. opportunity, magic. All right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but what we've got, Maro? Maro. missed opportunity, Maro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah we okay. got 
We've yeah. got the uh, mom m- m- merch of the machine mechanics that um, that did not work. Anyway, we, <laughs> we, 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 we tried. Speaking of being out of practice, I'm feeling a little, a little tired tonight, but that's all right. Um, I think we've covered most of these in the capacity that we'd seen them and information that was out on different social media and all that sort of stuff. But we've, we've got the article. So, I've had a quick read through it all. Uh, and let's have a look at the new mechanics we've got. We're going to start off with battles. And we actually talked about battles a fair bit already. So, you know, the, the example here we've got is the invasion of Fiora, which is a six mana battle. And it comes with four tokens on it for defense counters is what they're called and then the battle is a siege for all of them they're all sieges and then this one it says uh when it enters the battlefield you may choose one or both and it's destroy all legendary creatures or destroy all non-legendary creatures and then this one flips into marchesa the resolute monarch and she's got a million different things on it but it flips into a creature they they flip into different things they're not all creatures some of them are planeswalkers there's a whole bunch of different stuff um but yeah we, we talked about these where they are permanents but they're not an enchantment they're they're, they're a battle they're a new card type uh, and it is as we said where you can attack them uh, there's a bunch of cards in the set a bunch of creatures that actually get like bonuses for attacking battles so there'll be things that trigger off when you declare your attackers at a battle uh, and then you can also do burn spells or remove targets or you know remove counters from target permanent that kind of stuff will be the way and then when the defense counters go to zero it transforms and then it gets cast which is the thing that we we did talk about last time and still kind of seems wild to me i i kind of understand also kind of don't we also realize that everyone's favorite friend of teferi and modern <laughs> stops them from being cast unless it's during your unless you do direct damage with a burn spell during your main phase otherwise like it would flip during combat and you can't do that with teferi because that would be instant speed yeah so defeating it is setting the uh defense, the defense counters, counters yep. to to zero mm-hmm. So that would be like through damage, just like a Planeswalker loyalty ability. Correct. Uh, or something like a Vampire Hexmage. Correct. Uh, some, some sort of effect like that. But yep. if I point like Vindicate, some sort of effect like that mm-hmm. at one of these, uh, it's just a destroyed permanent. It's not defeating it. You don't get to flip it. Correct. Um, yeah, or sacrificing it, etc. just like it would be if it was, you know, some other creature type. Uh, that all makes you know, sort of some sort of intuitive sense. Uh, and we started talking about just before we started recording. I, mm. I haven't quite done the, the depth of analysis that I would like to do before I'd really had an opinion on whether I liked these at all from a card type. And obviously mm-hmm. I'd like to play with it before I really cast my judgment. But, you know, some of them, I can see them having a place. Like, the one in this example, the Invasion of Fiora, mm-hmm. like, sideboard card in Esper Legends, right? Which is a sure. you know, a, a known archetype in, uh, in Standard at the moment. And you put, you know, one or two of these into the sideboard uh, for against other sort of mid-range creature matchups. Jam it, you know, uh, what's it, is it Winds of Wrath? Which is the one-sided Wrath? Destroy all creatures. Yeah, I think so. Control. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, kill all your things. I've still got my, you know, uh, 
army of legends, you know, assortment of Esper legends. There are many of them. And I attack and probably just kill you. So six mana win the game in, in that situation seems pretty decent. Uh, and, you know, some of the others, it's just like, oh, yeah, if this situation came up or, oh, yeah, this is a decent card on its own. Like, this is just a ramp spell that might see play. And, hey, now if someone attacks it, I get a thing. Or, sorry, if I attack it, I, I get a thing. Mm. So I have that option. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the ones that will be good are the ones that are good on the front side. Um, I don't know if the ones that, you know, rely on being flipped are go- going to be very good. So they feel kind of like like a saga, like that we saw in the Kamigawa set, that, but they're not reliable. So in some cases more expensive, uh, but splashier effects, but way less reliable that you will be able to you know attack something unblocked for for four damage to to get the effect so it's uh i don't know i need to play with them but there are some that are just on on the front side face up if you like face up that are pretty sweet and uh, drafting in person with these things is going to be a bit of a pain because you know it's going to be pretty obvious when someone opens a battle because they turn the head sideways yeah, yeah, we've seen yeah. that with split yeah. cards and yeah. stuff in the past, Correct. and you know, passing things around and being able to see what color cards are that are being passed mm-hmm. across the table and and all that stuff because you can see the backside as people are flipping through things and you know it. I I think the double face cards work really well on a digital client. I don't love them on uh, for paper magic, especially you know if you've got to pull your pathways out of the sleeve and put them back in, you know, if you're not double sleeving, mm-hmm. you're opening your cards up for some damage. Anyway, uh, it's cool design space, but there's some dexterity, practicality things. And we don't have dexterity cards for that reason, but we've kind of pseudo introduced dexterity. Yeah, almost, in. almost. So, I mean, that's yeah. that's why they do checklist cards and things like that. But yeah, it's they're, they're definitely a little awkward. I, I find these interesting because like you said, they're not, they're not like sagas where they just keep happening. And they're also not like planeswalkers where you get repeated effects and it forces you to take turns off dealing damage to your opponent. And that's weird, right? Like if you've got the Wandering Emperor in play, right? I I know that I need to deal with that because that is repeatable, you know, value to you you're killing my things or you're pumping out tokens like that's that's an ongoing thing that i the game has become about the wandering emperor now right and i i understand that i have to forego damage now to you most of the time not always sometimes you 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 skip it but most of the time you want to just deal with the, the planeswalker on the other side yeah but battles make you do the same thing but they're not representing ongoing value to your opponent or you until you kill it and then yeah i don't know they're really weird for me it feels like they're only and sorry i'll refresh i'll start that sentence again because uh you know people will point out how wrong i was so i i want to uh make sure that people casting dispersions on my opinion retrospectively uh Mm. coming from a place of knowledge uh 
the cards that are only good on their backside or are really super powerful on the backside, if you can attack in unchecked and deal damage, you're probably already winning. So they feel a little bit win more. The good ones, the ones that will see play and the ones that will be effective are the ones that are good cards on the front side. And then there may be a situation where you go, you know what, I'd like a 3-6 minute death touch now. That's exactly what I need. And it's worth for going an attack with my, uh, you know, whatever. Um, Angel. Fiend to, <laughs> yeah, to, to, uh, to, to turn this on. Uh, and, and it gives you that option and you've got to do the math and, and, and things like that. But the majority of the time, you just got to think of them like a, 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 a an enchantment with a yeah, one time play effect, effect or, or, or something like that. Yeah, a sorcery that sticks around and gives you options later, that that's of a thing. So, yeah, yeah a- unless there's a way yeah. to remove the counters more efficiently, right? Like not having to deal combat damage or like burnt point yeah, and spells. Effect, yeah, right? yeah, if, yeah, if there's yeah. that kind of thing that is mana efficient enough and has enough other utility, like if you can use it to kill planeswalkers or whatever, then then I think the the backside becomes more interesting and you can kind of reevaluate. The other thing about these is proliferate is still a thing. And you a hundred percent can proliferate onto your opponent's stuff. So if you <laughs> if you're casting spells that proliferate your things you can absolutely put more counters on their battles to make it harder for them to get the counters off it yeah exactly exactly so it's yeah it's interesting it is so evaluate the cards on the front side uh first before you evaluate the back side i guess is the takeaway here yep absolutely speaking of that we have transforming double face cards and i think it's pretty much the same we talked about elish norn last cast um she seems powerful yeah Yeah, i mean you know it's elish norm i don't know (laughs) don't know what else to say they're all they're all real good uh so yeah so same effect well not the same effect but there's a activated ability on these where you pay a mana cost in this case for elish norm it's two and a white and then it also says sacrifice three other creatures Uh, you exile elish norm and then return it to the battlefield transformed under its owner's control, activate only as a sorcery, and then Elish Norn actually is exiled into a um, a saga. But there are other creatures that exile into bigger creatures, uh, Phyrexian versions of themselves, that kind of thing. So that's, you know, stuff we've seen before, that, that, that kind of effect. Um, so I don't think that should catch anyone out particularly. The No, and, and they seem fine. Like, you know, all of the, the double face cards, except for the, you know, having to pull them in and out of your sleeve. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they seem appropriately costed. So, you know, if you remove the bottom uh, paragraph mm-hmm. of these cards, they're a fine magic card. Uh, and then you, you add in that extra utility and the recursion that you get out of them. They're pretty great. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of the next evolution of Nicol Bolas Planeswalker, which is the first. Yeah, yeah. Is that the first flip? No, because we had we had all the flipwalkers, like the Origins, Jace, Vrin's Prodigy. Ah, yeah, yeah. We had to meet those conditions. And, and those and things. So, so they yeah, weren't ones yeah. that you could 
pay mana and flute. We had to just meet the game conditions. Correct. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, certainly Nicol Bolas Ravager was one of the, the the first ones that I can think of that was like that. Where yeah, but there, there was like a seven mana um, planeswalker before that, or maybe I'm thinking of Ravager that turned into the seven mana walker. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, Bol- so, Bolas, you, he was four mana, but then you paid seven to flip him. Yeah, into the, the planeswalker and then, version. And then it was like a complete house. Yeah, 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 yeah really strong. Yep. As you would expect. You spent 11 mana. Correct. But yeah. It's- <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, these these seem really good. Like, these these yes. will see some constructive play. Uh, I, I think in standard, as they currently stand, where there's a lot of, like, sorcery, speedy, haymakery type effects going back and forth, the flip as a sorcery is going to be less of an issue than, you know, you might think. Um, mm-hmm. there'll be times where you get blown out where you, you know, you're spending three mana to, to flip your thing, but, you know, gets killed in response. Uh, sure, that will happen, but- It also means you can't you th- do it the other way as well. So, you can't- Exactly right. You know, you, you don't target it with a sorcery and then they flip it in response and then it's a new- Exactly right. New permanent, so-, so just, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Evens out. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, flip cards, seen them before, happy with them. Some of them look great. Mm-hmm. Some of them look like, oh, yeah, you wanted to just meet- a quarter of number of flip cards in the set. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. I mean, that, that yeah. is that is always true, right? There's always these random like. Yeah. But there's a five mana common I'm looking at that activates for five. A lot of them have um, Phyrexian um, mana as well. Yeah, but, that's right. But look, they they can be good in limited as like mana sinks where you've just got nothing else to do. You can. Upgrade yeah, your absolutely. creatures and stuff. Like so. sealed, mm-hmm. uh, especially where you know sealed's often a uh, a bit slower than the uh, than draft and certainly constructed. So you get more opportunity to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. You're looking for mana sync. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Okay, so we have another new mechanic. This one is called backup. So the example we've got here is a card called Boon Bringer Valkyrie. It is three white white for a four four at rare. Uh, and this is an angel warrior. So we've got Sarah Angel. It has the keywords flying, first strike, lifelink. Sarah Angel? No. Baneslayer. Uh, Sarah Angel was Bane, flying. Baneslayer is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So yeah. this is, yeah, this is kind of uh, an in between. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah, five mana, four, four, flying, first strike, lifelink. I mean, done. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, first pick. Yeah. Uh, and. Yeah. Is it constructed playable? Mm, Probably not. Might need an extra line of text. Maybe. Well, it's got an extra line of text. So, this okay. is backup one. And so, backup always comes with a numerical value uh, and it's a enters the battlefield trigger. So, it says, when this creature enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on a target creature. If it's another creature, it gains the following abilities until the end of turn. So, the following abilities are... Flying, first strike, lifelink. So it is the keyword abilities that this creature always has. So you can either have this come in as a five mana five five, or you can have it come in as a four mana as a five mana four four, and then put a plus one plus one counter on another creature you control. And until the end of turn, that creature will gain flying, first strike, lifelink. The beginning of the next turn, it keeps its plus one plus one counter. It's a permanent counter, but it loses those abilities again. So you can like this. kind of use it as a combat trick thing, sort of. Um, and there, there's like backup two and things like that as well. So it's good because it's not a dead ability 
if this is your only creature, right? Yeah, yeah. That's like the floor of this is a five mana five five flying mm-hmm. first strike lifelink. Like that's that's the fail case. Yep. So seems good in you know looking at just the boom bringer mm-hmm. uh but it feels like a really good way to force through damage where you have a bit of a board stall and you know and you can make your four drop bigger and, and get in and get some uh get some uh get some extra damage in and then the next turn you've got your four four flyer so i i like this sort of that white mid-range type card uh for or the top end for a white aggressive deck and we've seen the white decks going a bit bigger uh over the last little bit mm-hmm. uh in in standard especially so uh cool effect and a cool way to sort of represent you know i've, I've got someone here to help yeah and they're going to have an immediate impact but then they've, i've also got the person that was here to help you know uh sticking around as well so I think this is um, a, a cool mechanic. I, I think this is a hit from a design flavor perspective. And yeah, there's some cool cards with backup. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I, I like them. And counters are great. Yeah. Uh, did you know there's now a, a two card combo in, in standard with this? Oh. Yep. Yep. It's not janky at all. Okay. So, first of all, you need the new Yargle. <laughs> the, the, okay. The, the 18 6. <laughs> Yargles come to bargle, whatever that thing is called. Yargle and Multani, I think it is. Yeah. And then there's another one of these backup creatures, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's got backup one, and it's like pay one, sacrifice this creature. It deals damage equal to its power to, you know, any target. Oh, so you fling Yargle. So you, so you fling Yargle for 19, and then you can fling the other creature as well. So... <laughs> got him uh, if, if just, you do that please like clip it and send it to us <laughs> like if it looks like you're going to get to to pull that off in some weird format fire up the uh the old screen capture and then let us see it please that'll be awesome yeah yeah that would be very cool i uh i did a cool thing in tinkerer's cube mm. uh where i evoked a mold drifter Oh, yeah. And with the evoke trigger on the stack, I flashed in an Elder Deep Fiend. Oh, nice. I drew a lot of cards. It was pretty Yeah. Cool. So, and tapped them down and got it and killed their planeswalker. And, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Tinkerous Cube's very fun. Uh, if you're, you know, over standard waiting for these new cards to come, jump on, play standards, greatest hits, everything. All right. It's, it's yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to your cube. We haven't finished with the, the battle. Oh, of the cards. it's a cube. Oh, yeah, come new on. cards, whatever. Cube, cube, cube. No, okay. All right. What's next? What's next? Next, we've got Incubate. So, we've talked about this before as well. So, Incubate is, funnily enough, it's the first of its kind, and it is a double-faced token. Because, of course, it is. So, it is- Well, we haven't had one of those before, so- No, we haven't. Uh, So, there's going to be a bunch of different ways that you can incubate. They will come down with uh, X plus one plus one counters on it, depending on what the effect is. So, the example here is Traumatic Revelation. Um, target opponent, it's a sorcery target opponent reveals their hand, you may choose a creature or battle card from it. If you do, that player discards that card. If you don't, incubate three. So you create the token with three plus one plus one counters on it, and then you pay to transform this artifact, and it transforms into a zero zero Phyrexian artifact creature with that many plus one plus one counters on it. So in this case, it would be three. So this is either a I mean, I'd say two mana three three, but that's not quite true. It's a four mana three three or 
a discard effect. At yeah, common. So it's, is, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Incubate 3 isn't making three individual tokens. It's one token with three counters. Correct. Yeah, and then it's two to transform, which is just like to sack a food or to bust a clue open or yep. things like that. Yep. So that there's some consistency there, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it becomes a creature. Okay. Yep. Like two mana at, and, and, you know, you can do that instant speed. You can do that one at instant speed. Yeah, yeah. Um, bring your dice to the pre-release, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, All of know, the dice. And make sure you keep track of things like that. So, yeah, it's... Uh, hmm. Interesting. I think these are going to be like food, not as busted as food in terms of like some of the payoff, but they will just be tacked onto stuff, right? They're just going to be around and you're just going to end up with some extra random one ones and two twos. That seems good. You may pay an extra mana on the front side, but you know, threat of activation. You've also got the card that generated them, right? Correct. Yeah, exactly right. So yeah, I think- Adventures taught us that where, you know, if you've got an extra mana or some conditions on a particular card and you go, oh, this isn't very good, but mm-hmm. it's like, hang on, it's actually two cards in one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, often real, very Real horrible. strong. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the last thing they've got here is not actually part of the main set, but with the commander decks that are coming as part of March of the Machine, they've got plane chase cards in them. So, uh, if you've played with Plane Chase before, you'll know what that does. If you haven't, I suggest you look it up. <laughs> they are yeah, they are weird. You they exist as a almost like a world enchantment sort of thing. Where mm, the example yeah, here they is add a condition and an effect on the game. I've actually correct. got the, the set of the OG Plane yeah. Chase, and I played it once. <laughs> yeah, I think, so, I think I've played it once or twice in a command. Yeah, game. It's, it's the concept seems cool, but. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I don't know, like we don't get to play often enough to be looking for that extra point of difference. Like yep. when we get to play, we're just happy to play because, you know, we haven't in person for some time. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Right. If you were regular at your local game store playing with the same group each week with the same set of, you know, decks and things like that, this, uh, it just, uh, adds, adds a little bit extra of creativity restriction, uh, a little bit of spice yeah. keeps it interesting. So, yeah, cool. They will be fun. All right. So, that's it. That That is all of the the mechanics to talk about, which seems like less than normal, but... Um, well, there's some evergreen ones, like, that are popping up that, you course. know, solidifying themselves as being evergreen with, you know, Convoke and mm-hmm. probably some scries in there somewhere. But, yeah, um, that's just part of magic now, I guess. Yes, that is correct. Uh, Convoke isn't an evergreen. It's a, um, oh, what's the term? Deciduous, I think, is the other one they use, where it's not like trample and flying. It's not in every set, but it's common enough that they'll bring it back kind of whenever they yeah. feel like. Okay. Anyway. That makes sense. All right. So, the next thing we thought we'd kind of talk through is, like you said, your approach to limited just a little bit. We thought we'd kind of get into it because trying to predict standard or modern cards right off the rip without playing anything is super hard and we're just going to make mistakes. Apart from the the super obvious ones, the Phyrexians and things obviously seem really strong, but uh, without playing any of the, the battles or any of that sort of stuff, uh, we don't know. So we thought we'd, we'd start with 
the uncommon signpost cards, which we, we tend to talk about when a new set comes out because they tell you what you should be doing. And I've heard a bunch of people like Sam Black, who is a really, really creative deck builder and also limited aficionado. And I've heard him talk a couple of times about the fact that he gets a lot of his deck building ideas for constructed from playing limited, where he's just like, I came across this interaction and it was really strong. I wonder if there's a way I can like maximize that in a, in a standard deck. So. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that, that is so true. And it all, and some of that is obvious because it's like, oh, this, there's this mechanic. It, and then you go, oh, there's actually a lot of support for this. This mm-hmm. is actually really good. Other times you can, uh, approach things from sort of a, a, a different angle. And as I say, every time a new set comes out, playing limited is the best way to accumulate new cards as well. You turn those gold into gems and you, you get those commons and uncommons and, and you're, you're ready to go. So, uh, it, it's a, it's a, from a, uh, not finance, from a economy perspective, mm. that's what I'm looking for. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a, a really good way to, to play cards. So you, you play constructed decks and you accumulate your gold by doing your quests throughout the season, cash those in on, uh, your limited sets uh you know playing limited throughout the season build up all your cards once you got that card collection that gives all of the people that are really good at building constructed decks time to figure out the format then you can go okay this is what the format looks like now i want to play rather than spending all your wild cards on things that you're excited about that turn out not to be great and then you you know you're kind of stuck so i'll i'll like PSA every single time a set comes out, I need to say that. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, signpost uncommons. Mm-hmm. So we've got uh, 10 two-colour uncommons that kind of, yeah, speak to what that colour pair wants to be doing uh, in in limited, uh, potentially constructed. Um, so, yeah, I thought we'd just, yeah, some are clearly better than others, uh, but I thought we just might run through the list briefly um share some thoughts on them um first one that i've got here mm-hmm. uh i went with green white because i know that is your favorite oh it's color the, combination it's the best it, it, it it's a, it's the first thing that you want to play this card actually looks all right so botanical brawler uh green white uh for a zero zero Perfect. elemental warrior Done. with trample okay ggs <laughs> yep uh botanical brawler enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on it oh okay yeah. Uh, when one or more counters are put on another permanent you control, if it's the first time a, count- a plus one counter has been put on that permanent this turn, put a plus one counter on this. So uh, this obviously tells you that green and white, the Selesnia colors, want to be throwing counters around. So if you think about Incubate, mm-hmm. right? So it says permanent you control, not mm-hmm. uh, creature. So every single... Yeah, this thing can get absolutely huge and it's got trample. So it comes down early, 2-mana, 2-2 in your green-white deck. Exactly what you want. Challenging to cast potentially because it's specifically green and white. But if you hit this on turn two and then uh, start generating plus one counters, things that move counters around, some incubation and things. You know, this thing is 5-5-6-6 five, five, six, six in the first couple of turns and putting a lot of pressure on your opponent. So uh, it can get out of range of the you know the burn spells in 
you know, the, the damage-based removal mm-hmm. in the format, and it can very quickly become the biggest creature on the board, which is pretty great. So, yeah, I, I think this card's, as long as the support is good, it, this could be a really good magic card in March of the Machines Limited. No, it, it actually seems really strong, as, as much as yeah. I like to troll about. Selesnia. It, it it doesn't speak to me, but I mean plus one plus one counters is a thing it does exceptionally well. And yeah, this this will get out of hand if you let it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one that's actually a bit more in your wheelhouse, mm. and you probably want to talk about a little sure. bit more. Joyful, joyful. So- Storm Sculptor. Yeah. Uh so it's three blue red. Surprise, it's is it? Uh for a creature human shaman, it's a two three. Uh when it Enters the battlefield, creates two one one blue and red elemental creature tokens. Um, it says whenever you cast a spell that has convoke, joyful storm sculptor deals one damage to each opponent and each battle they protect. So this is kind of covering off two themes here, with three. I guess it's it's like a go wide token strategy, right? It's three creatures for five mana, so it is what five power no four power and five toughness yeah, across five three videos which is right. which is pretty yep. good yep convoke giving you extra bodies for convoking is pretty great and then pinging battles as well so it says to each opponent and each battle they protect so remember when you cast a battle you effectively give it to your opponent to protect and you are trying to deal damage to it so it's kind of we're talking about flipping battles for free or incrementally this is a good way to go about doing it so yeah, and we've seen Stoke the Flames we have. Uh, for damage removal spell with Convoke mm. uh, be, be spoiled. This this taps three of them. Yep. Right, taps, taps for three. So you need this card and one mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, like, this is this is fine. It, right? it like, is fine. It's not busted. It's yeah. not super strong. But Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's a, it is a, a quintessential build around in that sense. Like... If your deck is doing these things, this is a good card in it. Uh, but the floor of this card is a little bit mediocre. Like, you know, it's a two-three body with a couple of one-ones and yep. things. So yeah, I, I like high agree. upside, but a yeah, a, a long range between the depth and the heights for this one. Convoke is always tricky because you are tapping your blockers. Is yes, a, a, like Stoke is obviously instant speed, but. Um, yeah, that that's always the the challenge there, the the trade off of like how do I make this work? And unless you're doing like the what was it, the Loxodon that when you convoked it it put plus one plus one counters and you then untapped it just murdered everybody. That white spell. Loxodon. That's the one, yeah. 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 Um Yeah. I don't know. Like you said, th- this is interesting, but it doesn't scream to me busted by any means. Um with convoke also the creatures your they don't have to be unsummoning sick or have haste. So you can cast no. this and, like you said, have a mountain and then immediately tap everything and stoke the flames. So, Yeah, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah. If this card had Convoke, mm-hmm. it would be great. Oh, yeah. yeah. It would be yeah. unreal. Yeah. Um, in- yeah. Interestingly, that the, the tokens are blue and red, so they count towards both blue and red pips, colored pips, not just colorless. Yeah. Which, yeah, which is relevant for mana costs and things. Yeah, absolutely. So you, it could be effectively just a ramp spell mm-hmm. uh, in your, you know, if you've got some, you know, giant big blue or red fatty, yeah, you can have it as a uh, as a ramp spell, which is pretty good. 
So what is, uh, what's Simic bringing to us this time? Simic is an interesting one to evaluate, actually. Uh, and on face value, I looked at this. You know, the first time I read this, I was just like, eh. But then I was like, actually, it's, it might not be bad here. So Mutagen Connoisseur is a uh, one uh, green-blue for a 0-5 Vidalcan Mutant with Flying and Vigilance. Uh, and it gets plus one, plus zero for each transformed permanent you control. So obviously, Simic wants to be doing some transforming, mutating and things. Very much Simic's wheelhouse. <laughs> no real surprises there. And, you know, I thought, oh, this seems pretty weak. Doesn't do anything. Uh, and it relies on all of this other stuff. But what it does do is give you time to dirtle to create your tokens and spend manner and on flipping them mm-hmm. so and it's a yeah like a three mana 05 flyer is a pretty good wall uh and then eventually it turns and with vigilance eventually it turns into you know a, a giant finisher so you know you want the game to go long simic's obviously going to be you know a, a grindy mana hungry uh yeah you're gonna incubate it, a lot right is is what it, this tells exactly me. exactly and so i think this is it doesn't help you incubate or anything, but it is a payoff for all of your incubation. So the thing is, with those incubate tokens, and what is different to, say, a clue, is, you know, the longer the game goes on, the worse they get. You know, like, you know, a 2-2 or a 3-3 when your opponent's got, you know, larger creatures or a wider board, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they diminish in value. You get diminishing returns from, from, from them that... If you can have them as well as having, you know, a whole bunch of power on this guy, uh, it starts to look a bit better. So, yeah, it's very, very interesting. I, I think it's uh, uh, being a three mana 05 wall uh, is, a, is a good starting spot for a deck who is going to have to spend some time in a series of turns developing. So this helps that. And then is useful in the late game as well. Yeah, for sure. And and there's other things as well, you know, like battles will transform. You know, there's there's those kinds of things. It doesn't have to just be the um, incubated tokens. So, yeah, we shall see. The next one we've got here is Azorius. It's blue white for a Marshal of Zalfir, and it's a it's a two minute two two. It is a Knight Lord. So other knights you control get plus one plus one which pretty good. I don't know how much synergy there's going to be in like sealed or, <laughs> or draft for this. I don't know if they yeah, can. Yeah, probably not too much. If you're going to get, but I mean, it's it's weird because it's soldiers that we've got in standard at the moment, right? Not knights. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, there's not too many knights. Mm. There's some sneaky knights. Mm. Uh, around, but not the density that we had, you know, a few sets ago. Yeah, but knights are also like red black. Last time we saw them. Yeah, I played Mardu knights as like my hmm. like on my mobile best of one deck <laughs> for a, for a while there. So, um, yeah, this is kind of kind of different. It is, but it, this yeah. does have an activated ability. So it is yeah blue makes it playable. Yeah, it does. It is blue white tap and then tap another target creature. If you haven't played against tappers before, they're really annoying. Two mana to activate is is a lot. Fairly steep. Yeah. Yeah. On this, so like uh, I think I don't know. This this card's in the same power level as a blue red one in my mind. 
uh, or it's just yeah without those night synergies if you're not pumping up you know your, your smaller guys and you know having this as kind of your finishing blow mm-hmm. it's uh, but yeah probably more maybe potentially a uh, a home and constructed if not in current standard maybe you know we'll see some knights in the uh, the upcoming, upcoming sets, sets. yeah yeah for sure yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we certainly so, saw we're heading back to Eldraine. There was a lot of knights in Eldraine. That's where we we had the Mardu knights from. Exactly, exactly. So, so it might it makes see a, a bit of a color shift. A seed there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited to play this next one, mm. uh, which is two red green for a three three dinosaur beast, and it is a rampaging geoderm. It has trample and haste. Uh, whenever you attack. Target attacking creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. If it's attacking a battle, put a plus one counter on it instead. So, like a uh, a four mana four four trample haste, uh, mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, like, that's 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 just a good magic card. Um, and you know, we'll, has seen play in in limited format since you know they've started printing cards like this. Uh, is the battle clause relevant? Maybe. Uh, and we talked about the cost of taking a turn off to attack a battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, a creature having haste somewhat negates that drawback of, of having to take that turn off. So uh, not not negates, mitigates. Mm, yes. Like very, yeah. The fact so, that it also permanently pumps itself or another creature is is also a big deal as well. So like a plus one plus one counter is worth a lot more than plus one plus one to end a turn. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's huge. So yeah, I uh this is a this is a good card. Obviously red green is the going to be the aggressive uh colour combo I'm shocked. in this uh yeah in this <laughs> in this format. I know, right? Sometimes no, no man. It's red, green, red decks. That's true. It's it's gruel beats, right? Like that's that's yeah, the, yeah. That's red, green, right. Tron was a thing, dude. Come on, oh, that's true. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, it's just a it's just a fatty, and it just gets the job done. And you know, uh, it's probably the only thing I've seen with better hair than Rolling Royce in in a gruel deck. So it's uh, with all those. Yeah, I expect he'll, he'll play it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He'll be excited by it. So yeah, but yeah, it, the, the hard to evaluate the uh, the battle clause because I'm not sure, you know, how often we're going to see a battle on the other side of the table. Yeah, and, yeah, that sort of thing. So, but if you get to you know make it a permanent four four and a five five the next turn potentially, mm-hmm. you know, you're off to the races. So, yeah, for sure. Cool. So the next card that I'm shocked by what it's doing is the Storm Claw Rager, which is one black red for a two two ogre warrior. And it has an ability which says, one, sacrifice another creature or artifact, put a plus one, plus one counter on Stormclaw, Rager, and draw a card, activate only as a sorcery. This thing seems really good. Uh, one mana, generic mana, sack outlet, mm-hmm. grows and draws a card. Mm-hmm. Uh, only as a sorcery uh, is a safeguard against, you know, combo every time you try to, you know, kill something or whatever but um seems great uh if if red black sack is a uh, a thing and oh, just like threaten effects right uh-huh. like steal your thing i'll turn it into my own card and a plus one counter please like 
that's a pretty good strat. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, you talked about um, the tokens, you know, the incubation tokens being outmoded pretty quickly. This is like the perfect way to get rid of those. So, you generate them from, yeah. from a discard spell that we were talking about before. It becomes outmoded. You sack it for it one mana. It turns into better clues. It, it does. This is one mana draw a card with a plus one, plus one counter. Yeah. So. Yeah. This one seems like one of the stronger build arounds that we've we've kind of seen. It's it's always a little tricky with a limited because you're trying to, you know, eval- uh, accumulate as much board presence as you can most of the time. Like you want to typically go as wide as possible, but there'll be some incremental stuff. And you don't have to sacrifice 10 things, right? Like if this no, becomes a 3-3 right. three, three right. and a 4-4 four, four for, you know, four mana or, or five mana total. That's big enough. Like we have won plenty right, and drawing cards exactly. Yeah, yeah. You don't need eight eights to win limited games. No, no, that's right. Like, so you're right. Like you do want to have as much board presence as possible, but just having cardboard on the battlefield doesn't always equate to board presence. You know, you, yeah. you want to have you know meaningful board presence, and this turns things that, as I said, outmoded into meaningful board presence. So and cards in hand, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah, which is fantastic. So. Uh, yeah, this seems this seems really really good. I mean, it's just a beta in it in it sure. you know in itself. You know, it does get big, but uh, this will kind of win you games not by attacking as a four four five five. It'll win you games by you know drawing you more cards than your opponent uh, in a red black deck, which is that's what red black decks do these days. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sculpted Perfection mm. is a weird one. It is. So, yeah. So, it is two white, black for an enchantment at Uncommon. And uh, when it enters the battlefield, incubate two. And for Phyrexians you control, get plus one, plus one. So, if you are going wide with all your incubate tokens, and maybe you've got some other things that are incidentally Phyrexians. But this obviously wants to go with a, a black-white tokens theme. And we saw with uh, with Elish Norn, uh, you know, there's, there's a number of tokens being generated and, and things like that. So, and yeah, scrolling through the spoilers, there's lots of things in black and white that make tokens. So Yeah, and a lot uh, of things that are just like incidentally Phyrexians as well. So yeah. it's it's not only the incubation tokens or the Phyrexian horrors or whatever that they become. There's just a lot of stuff that is like just Phyrexian. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this is like six mana for a three three. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, but it can also, you know, pump up your whole team. So just thinking about the the floor uh, uh, of this deck. Oh, uh, sorry, this card. Uh, yeah, it's it's a six mana three three. Which isn't great, but if you've got things that can, you know, be pumped, it uh, it can be a lot more than three power for six mana. So, question for you, because I don't know that I've ever played, like, Anthem effects in Limited. So, like, Glorious Anthem or, you know, those kinds of things, historically, are they actually any good? Yes. Okay. Um, Maybe not in- But they're also three mana like, and they pump like, like Glorious Anthem or like all, all, yeah, all, so you know, all, like all weak creatures get plus one, plus yeah. one. Yeah. So they're, 
They're quite good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, if you're ahead on board. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that, there is a downside to them. So, if, if you can go, you know, two drop, three drop, four drop, two drop Glorious Anthem, mm-hmm. like, you're probably winning. Sure. Right? Uh, but if, you know, all of your creatures get traded off or removed, then you just go, oh, Glorious Anthem onto an empty board. Like, that's not great. So, you know, that you've got to build your deck in a very specific way mm-hmm. to take advantage of, of those things. And generating a bunch of incubation tokens, incubate tokens, does, like, you know, lead into this card being good. So It feels yeah. like it could be the control finisher kind of thing where... You, you just play a lot of removal spells, gain a bunch of these incubation tokens and then flip them over and, like, this is your overrun effect, if you would. You know, like, all of a sudden you just have a, a lord effect out there that's harder to deal with. But, yeah, I, I don't know. This this one seems particularly tricky to evaluate, but it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't I- grab me as being uniquely powerful because, like you said, it is, it's a lot of mana. Yeah, for something that is yeah, necessarily right. going to pump everything in your on your side of the board. So, hmm. Okay. Aggressive cards, though. Yeah. We've got the Mirror Shield Hoplite, which is white red for a 2 2 human soldier. It has vigilance, and whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a backup ability, copy that ability. You may choose new targets for the copy. This ability triggers only once each turn. So the first time you bring back up, mm-hmm. this thing gets uh, this thing doubles uh, it, panharmonicans it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so first thing that comes to mind is Tom Cruise in Legend with the shiny shield, uh, with the mirror shield. <laughs> so <laughs> fighting Medusa. Okay. Yep. Exactly. Sure, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's a throwback. Uh, I mean, I don't think the people that listen to our cast are. Actually, they're all kind of old like us, aren't they? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, and if you haven't seen Legend, like, pause the cast, go and watch Legend. Okay, now you know what I'm talking about, and it's awesome. Thank you. Right. Uh, now you can always get a confused never-ending story in your mind like the rest of us do. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, if you haven't seen never-ending story, pause the... No. Uh, <laughs> uh, Vigilant seems meh on this card. Uh like, I don't know, they needed to tax uh, an extra word onto it, but a 2 and a 2-2 two, two with Vigilance seems underwhelming. Well, but- kind of, because it's, it's, it's like the heroic thing, right? So, if you cast a card that has battle and you target this, then it gets a plus one, plus one counter. In addition yeah. to whatever, like, the if you've got the, the angel that we were talking about before, then it gets, like, flying first strike lifelink for that turn as well. And then it does that again on something else. So... Well, it could be a 4-4, right? In that sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. Yeah, Because exactly. it triggers twice. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. So, you can, yep. like, target, you know, the angel can target itself and then it can target this or it can make this into a 4-4. So, like, if you are using it to... I mean, if this is on the battlefield, then you're better served most of the time targeting this thing at least once, right? And it doesn't yeah, say that it. you have to target this either. So no, it's when the a creature. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, which is really good in that respect. Hmm. So, 
I get, uh, I get actually, what you're you know what? It's good. I, I it's because you can attack and then it can also back up and defend as well. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew there was something coming. I just wasn't sure what it was yeah. going to be. I right. got like 50 minutes in before I made yeah, a Yeah, no, no, it's good. It's gotta be, done, that's got to be some kind of record. You've done well. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I don't know. Red, white, aggressive decks, unlimited. Eh. Uh, but, you know, maybe there's some kind of you know, standard deck if there's enough density here, but I doubt it. Uh, I don't know. I'm not uh, too excited. Uh, I don't know. This I mean, card. like two, two minute two twos are just good sometimes in limited. You know, you can just get people dead with them. Vigilance. There's there's equipments. There's swords and stuff. There's always ways to, yeah, to punch I guess it damage. Just depends through. on the context on the of the. Support. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. No, that's fair. Uh, Elvish Vatkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. So one. Black green for a 3 3 Phyrexian elf. Sweet art, almost like watercolor action going on mm. there. Um, Elvish Batkeeper enters the battlefield, incubate two. Mm-hmm. Transform target incubator token you control for five mana. Double the number of counters on it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, like Abzan or. Uh, Golgari. No, what's the blue? Add blue to the. What's that? What you call Saltai? Saltai. Mm. Um, in my mind, I just call it bug. It was yeah, bug yeah, for, yeah. For, it was for like a decade for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, you know, making making a whole bunch of incubation tokens and 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 flipping them uh, seems pretty good, right? So turn three, this guy. Uh, and then you can, you know, get get a sculpted perfection down the following turn, and then just start flipping your stuff. Uh, even if it's one at a time for five mana from the bat keeper, uh, and then because you're you know making them so much bigger, uh, they are going to get very very big. And you know this guy comes, you know, it's a five mana three. That's uh, right, three mana three three, but for five mana, um, you know, he's a Five five, mm-hmm. yeah, effectively, with the uh, with the transformation of that uh, that artifact. So yeah, the transformability seems kind of almost like flavor text. In in you know, like it's that's a lot of mana to to activate. Um, it's obviously very strong if you can do it, but the floor in this card is just good. We're talking about things just being tacked on a three mana three three. It's just fine. Like, I'm never going to be mad to put this in my deck. And then it just creates more cardboard, man. Like, it's just another thing that I've got that I can, you know, do stuff with. And if I can stick this and it hangs around or you jam it on turn eight and you, yeah. you get to flip, you know, you know, you transform an incubator and it becomes a, you know, six, six out of nowhere. Like, yeah, great. Yeah. And, and that's a... It- we talked about mana sinks earlier mm-hmm. as well. You know, this is this is a good one. Uh, so, yeah, I think this this card's good. Yep, uh, I'd be excited to to play this one in uh, in limited. So me too. It's great. I tell you which one I'm not excited to play in limited. <laughs> it's the next one. <laughs> I'm excited about this card in general, but this is Halo Forager. So we talked about this last week. It's uh, one blue black for a fairy rogue, and it is a three one flyer. Uh, I mean, I love rogues. This seems great. It's got an E when Halo for Forager 
enters the battlefield, you may pay X. When you do, you may cast target instant or sorcery card with mana value X from a graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that spell would be put into a graveyard, exile it instead. It's a three mana three one most of the time. Yeah, it, a three mana three one flyer is a good card in limited, right? Three it's, power it's flyer. Fine. Yep. Yeah, uh, and then if you get to, you know, pill for something because you you cast it on turn six, mm-hmm. and you know you get to take a removal spell, copy a removal spell or something, then yep. like that's amazing, but. If you just if you ignore the massive block of text on this and go one blue black flying three one, I'll put that in my limited decks. Sure, yeah, I, I agree. It just doesn't um, it doesn't excite me in limited like it would in constructed. You know, you, you just have the the spells that you have access to are, you know, generally less on rate for this to be a viable play, you know, in, in any kind of earlier point in the game, which is, which is fine. But, you know, like maybe it's just, it's a thing you have in like a blue black control deck and you, you know, you get to recast your draw spell or, you know, you, you recast your, your kill spell. Like there's definitely a lot of value to be had out of it, but it's, um. Yeah. But even if you're getting like a, you know, what's a common here moment of truth. Mm-hmm. So you can cast this thing on turn five. You have your three one flyer, and then you get to cut, recast moment of truth. Look at the top three cards of your library. Sure. Put one of these cards into your hand, uh, and one into your graveyard, uh, and uh, the other on the bottom. Right. So moment of truth is a is a good little card uh, on on its own. And if you've you know cast that on turn two, or uh, and then into this one, you you know you you're doing it mm-hmm. right. So it's 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 all right. Yeah, that's, so, it's not horrible. Like, it's not it's not a bad card. And is there like a two mana black removal spell? Almost always. It, uh, Pylon's got Convoke. It's also rare. Yeah, I'm just seeing what we've got to to cast off this. Like listening deluge is a sorcery, but you don't want to give all creatures minus one minus one when you get a three one. <laughs> So, uh, final flourish, uh, one and a black instant, uh, target creature gets minus two, minus two until end of turn. If the spell was kicked, which you have to f- sacrifice an artifact or a creature and you might have an incubate token lying around, uh, creature gets minus six, minus six instead. So, you know, on turn five, if, you know, if you can go kill, kill a thing early with final flourish and then you can, uh, you know, pick something else off. Uh, on on turn five, so like yeah, like like you said, it's not exciting, but it's not horrible. No, it's not horrible. No, it, it's totally playable, but it's not game breaking. Yeah, yeah, and I guess it's it's probably the le- one of the least build aroundy kind of cards out of all of them. Yeah, it's just, you a, just it's just a good you're it's just it's just a card. You're just yeah. gonna have removal spells or card draw in a blue black deck. That's just what you do. So cool. That's the. The main, that's the 10 kind of signpost uncommons. One of the other things that we talked about, and you said, I don't know how often I'm going to see battles on the other side that well, being cast. I, I think a lot, because mm. there's, I just counted, there are 20 uncommon battles. Yeah, right. That okay. Are either in mono or multicolor. 
and people are just going to try them, right? Like, I don't see how yeah. you, you don't. Well, you don't know if they're good if you don't. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly right. Yep. So, there's there's a lot. We're not going to go through all of those now, if you are keen, because that's, that's way more real <laughs> than I want to be doing. Yeah, there's there's definitely there's a lot to them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Oh well, I was just reading that invasion of Kaladesh actually turns into a legendary vehicle bird thing. Anyway, there's cool. there's a whole lot here, <laughs> and uh, you're most welcome to to try. And we're not, yeah. <laughs> They're, they're super strange to evaluate, right? Like planeswalkers are hard, sagas were hard, and these are just like a whole nother level of difficulty to, to try and evaluate. So, yeah, and at the moment, uh, I'll, well, I'll reiterate what I said at the start. Hmm. Look at the front side first. Mm-hmm. That's 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 it. If the if the front side's really weak, but the back side's busted, like there's a reason the front side's really weak, and is it worth in? You know, are you actually going to invest the mana, take the turn off to invest the mana, and then take a turn off from your tax step to get that? Is that yeah. actually worth it? So yeah, it's yeah. The, the 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 real question on these. And looking at all of the uncommons, there's only one that's got um, three counters on it. All the rest have got four and five, and that's a huge amount of damage. That's like yes. a quarter of your opponent's life total in some cases. So it's like, you know, is the upside of that good enough? So, yeah, are, are you better off just killing yeah. your opponent? Player yeah, removal is the best removal. All right. So, overall, what you've seen so far, like obviously we haven't read every card in the set. There's 383. I'm assuming that's including all the 70 different art versions. But what what are your thoughts? Are you liking what you see? Yeah, this set looks great. Um, you know, this whole saga... You know, Mishra's a storyline thing, introducing Phyrexians and mm-hmm. all the rest of it. Uh, all of these sets have been pretty good, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. they've all been mostly hits, I think. And uh, I, I've enjoyed the gameplay uh, in limited, I mean. The, the standard gameplay is what it is. Uh, but this set looks great. Like, they hit some nostalgia notes, uh, you know, it still feels like it's, you know, on Dominaria and, and, and things. Uh, I'm not a fan of the, you know, uh, Maverin writing Galta things. It's just like making commander products for in standard sets and things like, I don't know. Give me, give me proper cards <laughs> a little bit. Like there's so many products out there and so yeah. many commander products keep into that a little bit but commander's such a big beast they need it to sell standard sets as well so i i, I get it but uh, it's a bit annoying mm-hmm. anyway old man yells at clouds but uh but the set looks great uh limited wise uh common dual lands great the mana's going to be good no rare lands um in uh, in this set oh. but the mana in standard's pretty decent at the moment. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think this is, I'm excited. I'm keen to play. Uh, yeah, and, 
if you've got some decks that you would like to play mm. or like to see in action, yes, something we do. Yeah, we, we're back. we are back. We're back. We need to. Yeah. Huge, huge thank you to Tanker. Really appreciate his help in getting us back into the early access stream. But um, from well, three a.m. Tonight, I think it was, <laughs> until 3 a.m. Friday night, because uh, obviously it's catering to the North American audience. Uh, we, we will have access to the early uh, access stream. So that is the fully unlocked accounts where you play against all other content creators. I know Shorty is planning on streaming for a little while tomorrow. So if you've got some ideas that you'd like to see in any format, but, you know, mostly standard is, is kind of what they try and keep it to and using as many new cards as you can. Give us give us your ideas, whatever spicy brews you're keen to, to check out, whatever things you think look sweet. I'm sure Shorty will have some ideas and do some brewing as well on stream. Uh, and, yeah, come come check us out. So we will definitely be on there. Um, and if we're not streaming, we know Tanker is going to be as well. He's, you know, uh, a great content creator along with us, and we, we really enjoy what he's doing. So make sure you go and check out their stream as well. Uh, and, and give them the love and support. Their, their details always pop up in the... There's a channel we've got. What's it called? The self-promotion channel. There's always alerts popping off from that one saying that they're going live. So so go and check them out and, uh, you know, give them some ideas as well. Otherwise, we've got a one-day draft event coming up on the 6th, yeah, the 6th of May. So this one is being organised by the mods. Taken this under their wing and they're running with it, which is pretty great. Uh, and so it's going to be a Kamagawa draft. So it won't be run on Arena. The actual draft. There's a channel in the limited channel. There's a there's a subsection there about it. So you'll actually be drafting on another platform, which I've forgotten the name of right now. And then you will play your matches on Arena. So there's yeah. So you import your deck from from that other client yep. and uh, and and then you battle. So the closest thing that we can do on Arena to custom drafts, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is using a third party. One day was uh, But, yes. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited about this. Uh, I think Darkanus from our Discord uh, is involved mm-hmm. in sort of a, a group that does this pretty regularly and, and thinks it works pretty well. So I'm pretty excited to play some Kamigawa again, uh, but also, yeah, play against uh, all the beans in, uh, in some limited. Yeah. Be sick. And we yeah. are putting up some prizes. You know, there's some cash available. Thank you to Josh and Pats, as always, for helping us with those. So, you know, it's a free event. They always are with everything that we do. Uh, and, you know, so if, if this is your jam, if you enjoyed the Kamigawa draft experience, then you need to sign up and, and let us know. But, um, yeah, we're pretty keen. We'll, we'll fire as many pods as we can. And it'll be it'll be on the, the 6th of may which is a saturday in like three weeks from now so put it in your calendar and uh we'll, we'll fire that one off uh we will have another league coming up soon we have confirmed that this next one will be explorer we usually wait a couple of weeks after the set has come out before we fire that up and i don't know how it will be different to the last one but i'm pretty sure we'll be making some changes we need to kind of sit down and, and work through all of the details around how we're going to run this um we loved all the feedback that everyone gave us from from the last league it was you know the first time we tried it like that and there were some really constructive you know notes that we got from everyone so thank you for that and um 
we will let you know where to sign up and how when we've got all that sorted out. So please, you know, keep an eyes out for that. And uh, yeah, have a think about what cards you want to play in Explorer out of this new set because there's, there's some good ones. There's some baggers. Uh, apart from that, I think it's all just the usual stuff where if you want to find us, the best place is just magicbeanscast.com. That's got links to everything, but otherwise we're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Like I said, we'll be streaming tomorrow, so come check out Shorty and see what nonsense he gets up to. Uh, otherwise, thank you again to Josh and Pat's, jpmtgbazaar.com.au. They support us and let us put on these sweet events with, you know, cash prizes for you. Uh, otherwise, if you wanted to support us directly, you can do that through our merch store. You can buy... You know, play mats, t-shirts, hats, mugs, whatever it is that you like. We've got a red bubble store. Um, the best way to check that is through the link on the website. And otherwise, it's the Discord. That is kind of the best place to be involved in all this stuff. We've had, you know, people talking about the new set for every new card that comes out that gets previewed. Someone's got, you know, an idea about it or something to talk on. So come hang out with us there. Uh, otherwise, if you wanted to chat with me on Twitter, you can do that. I am at Joel Hill underscore in Chewy you are at Chewy MTG thank you everyone appreciate you hanging out with us and we will catch you all next time